Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi there. I want to talk to you about ducks. No thanks. This is Chris from the Cult Film Companion Podcast. I'm welcoming you to a very special episode discussing women and horror, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. For this off-the-cuff discussion, I am joined by the very talented E.L. King, who you can find on Twitter, at Enola Lugosi. Her uh, Twitter link is in the episode description please give her a like and follow her she's got a um a wealth of knowledge about a lot of topics specifically horror so we are discussing women and horror for this special episode and of course we are touching on some cult films so it does fit under this umbrella and just a reminder that the cult film companion podcast is of course found now on every major podcast platform and we are, of course, a member of the Blind Knowledge Collective at www.blindknowledge.com. Again, that website not, might not be live at the moment, but check back periodically. It's going to be a great community for endlessly creative creators of podcasts and videocasts of all sorts of good stuff. So you definitely want to be checking out Blind Knowledge and we are, of course, also a featured news uh, podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android, but picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and then reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the Internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Browse from articles that you choose. Stop scrolling. Start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports to science to Bitcoin to the Kardashians to movies, and will find the latest articles and then read them to you. Plus, they have podcasts. Our podcast, Cold Film Companion, is there as a featured podcast. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description. And please use the promo code C-O-L-T-F-1-L-M. Drop the I, pop in the one, and get a month free of their premium subscription. And without further ado, please join me and a very loose and off-the-cuff discussion of women and horror. Enjoy. I am here with Enola Lugosi. Is that a... Yeah. Eel King is my name. Okay. This is just my handle. Well, I like it. Always, get, you know, <laughs> giving too. credits to Lugosi is is always great, and yeah, we we're 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 gonna talk in a very um, non-specific manner. But I wanted to have a non 
cis white male talk to me about women, non-binary people in horror, behind the scenes and how they're portrayed in horror movies. And I think that I, I like the the landscape that we have now with horror. There's a lot more. It's a lot more. It's a lot more freedom out there for people to kind of put out their own kind of little little things there. And I was looking back and I realized that you know I some of my favorite horror movies have been directed by women. So it, it's it's great. Like I think one of the best vampire movies that I've I've seen is is uh, Near Dark. Oh yeah. Uh, which is, of course, uh, Catherine Bigel- Bigelow's um, one of I think it's her first movie, and then she would later go on to win an Academy Award. But I mean, she's she's a great director, and uh, of course, the original Pet Cemetery, Mary Very Lamb. Scary film. It is. It's uh, just should have been left alone. This the sequel was unnecessary, <laughs> and the remake. While I liked I liked some aspects of it. Um, I go back to Mary Lambert's original is just just amazing. And then, of course, I know that history was made last year when Candyman was the first African, uh, fe- uh, African-American woman to have a number one movie at the box office, I believe. Um, yes. Which is huge. I, I can't believe I I would have I would have hoped that this would have happened sooner. But what what are your thoughts on 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 the the horror industry in general in in regards to um, women and uh, or or non-binary and you know uh, uh, other other than just like the uh, the the cis white males that seem to uh, turn around a lot behind the scenes. Sure. Well. Um... I mean, if if you're talking specifically about representation, I do think over the last three years or so, maybe even five years, it's getting a lot better. Not only with women behind the camera or um, screenwriting, but um, also just different representation with women and non-binary. Excuse me, women and non-binary characters um, in horror films as well. So we've always seen really strong female leads in horror, but typically they're written by men. Yes. So it's great to see strong female leads that are also written by women and um, getting those very unique stories and experiences from that perspective versus um, a man's perspective of different situations. (laughs) Right. You're right. No, you're right, and it and it's kind of um, you know, it always used to be, and you hear the phrase a lot, the final girl. Who's gonna be the final girl? You know, and it's become such a cliche now. There's actually, you know, it's. I mean, why does it always have to be a final girl? Why can't why can't it be the the, the final guy or the final they or the final? You know, why does you know? But I I think you're right though. The, the um the representation is so important and for you when did you start realizing that the the shift was starting to happen that you know we're going to start getting some really interesting and creative stories from some individuals that aren't just predominantly white men you know <laughs> you know that's kind of that was kind of like you think about it when people are naming horror directors it's always like 
Uh, well, Alfred Hitchcock started it. Then you got John Carpenter, and you got Toby Hooper, and you got Wes Craven. I don't want to diminish any of the uh, of those of their works, but I'm just saying, you know, we're, we're coming from the same kind of gene pool, you know? Right. Uh, they're all masters of horror and the thriller genre. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can't discount that at all. But it's great to have people with the the directorial table now. In John Carpenter's case. His writing partner for a very long time was Deborah Hill. Yes. So there was female influence, and Deborah Hill wrote those female characters in Halloween, mm-hmm. not Carpenter. So I do want to give some credit where credit's due as far as Deborah Hill's concerned. No. And, um, uh, and if I just may interject a, a, a one second, I did. Oh, yeah. I, I unfortunately just did what a lot of people tend to do and is t- to discount how much. She was involved, not just in Halloween, but in a lot of those early Carpenter mm-hmm. films. Yeah, and, the and, fog and um, quite a few, actually. Yeah, and I did what a lot of people do. They kind of dis- – because everyone says, oh, it's John Carpenter. And, you know, he's got his name yeah. above the credits. But, I mean – I think we don't think about it, you know. it's it's. A, I have implored people to recently try to take some time to look at where – it may be a male director, but we have female or maybe non-binary screenwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously more difficult unless someone calls out that they're non-binary like myself <laughs> right? to, to know. But um, then also there are male directors in horror. Alfred Hitchcock is a great example of someone who adapted novels by women and turned them into horror movies. Patricia Highsmith. Brilliant brilliant author um she wrote uh what would become strangers on a train and she also wrote the movie not horror related but horror i guess adjacent uh the talented mr ripley i think she's kind of noted as being one of the first kind of feminist writers um and she also embraced um a lot of uh i don't i don't want to offend anyone the they say queer or just she she kind of was involving and interweaving into her stories a lot of more open sexuality than strictly um heterosexuality um and she's mm-hmm. a she's you can a, say queer horror that's okay old okay genre that we talk about all the time okay um. i i just you know <laughs> I, i'm not you know i'm not i don't I just want to. I want to. I want to make sure that this is an open and inclusive argument. I always want to make sure that I I, I use the right terms. But but um, uh, yes, the queer horror is is definitely a thing. Um, um, maybe something we could uh talk about. I mean, but as far as um, some some women directors go, I named off a couple. Uh, could you? rattle off some here for me off just off the top of your head anyone that we should or any movies that we should definitely um um not be forgetting in this discussion sure so obviously there's jen and sylvia soska i know we talked about them yes previously um and then more recently well not even recently now because with raw and then um Oh, I'm always going to pronounce it wrong. Uh, Titan. Uh, yes. T- Julia DeCorno. Mm-hmm. So, fantastic. Um, actually, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie was also directed by a woman. I know it's more of a horror comedy. 
Really? But, okay. Um, yeah, well, despite the fact that it was written by Joss Whedon, it was uh, directed by a woman. So um, we get a lot of different stuff there. And then um, we have, um, I think I'm going to pronounce it incorrectly, Karen Kusama. Right, yep. Get the invitation. I'm a big Mary Heron fan. So American Psycho, of course. Oh, I forget, yeah. Um, and uh, Karen also did Jennifer's Body, so that's a big one. Right, yep. Um, and I think that Ginger Snaps was, uh, the screenplay was um, co-written by a woman. That's, I th- I think you're right about that. Um, I can't believe I forgot Mary Heron with, um, with American Psycho, which... It's just a, a brilliant movie, and I believe it was, I think the screenwriter that adapted Brett Easton Ellis's novel was a woman as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, and that is Genevieve Taylor. I think I'm saying the wrong last name. And, I'll look it up. I'll check my facts. Okay. <laughs> um, so let's go back to the, the first two that you listed. The Soska sisters, I guess they're, I mean, yes, Jen and Sylvia, but they're, I guess they kind of creatively go by um, the Soska the sisters. Twisted, twisted sisters. The Twisted sisters. <laughs> uh, and if you want, uh, if you're, you're listening to this and you haven't seen anything by them, I'm going to, rec- I'm, I'm going to ask uh, for your recommendation, but I'm going to recommend um, American Mary. Mm-hmm. As is something just is, I think it's their first like big movie, or at least something that they had a pretty decent budget for. Um, and I also think, I did think they did a pretty good job with their remake of Rabid, yeah. um, the Cronenberg film. Mm-hmm. That- and um, yeah, American Mary is definitely a good wreck. And I just wanted to say, I did, I totally flip flopped the name. So, uh, Guinevere Turner, <laughs> okay, uh co-wrote the screenplay with Heron for American Psycho. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we now it's been flopped. Back I had my to the, initials correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yes, my second recommendation after American Mary was Rabid. I think that, I mean, it's one thing. Cronenberg, that's a tough one that to, um, that's pretty ambitious to want to remake Cronenberg. And I, I like the fact that they modernized it and they kind of made their their own thing and i i know all three of them are from from canada so they um they wanted to pay homage to him um so that's we got a lot of great horror talent out out of canada <laughs> yeah um who else who who am i forgetting as far as canadian yeah. film directors uh off the top of my head i don't think i could tell you but um, I just happen to know there's a lot of also great like Canadian horror films. So Yeah. I think Ginger Snaps was Canadian. It is a Canadian horror film, right. yep. Um and the great Catherine Isabel, uh, I think is a truly underrated actress, gives great performances throughout the Ginger Snap series and also as the lead in American Mary. Um uh all around great actress um so kudos to her um if you've only seen her in freddie versus jason which i rewatch <laughs> i forgot that was her um uh give her give give her a chance um 
someone that I wanted to, to talk about um, is the daughter of one of my favorite directors, David Lynch, Jennifer Lynch. And are you familiar at all with Miss um, Lynch's films at all? No. Okay. Uh, she did a movie in the 90s called Boxing Helena, which got very, very bad reviews. And she stopped making movies for a while. And then she came back. She did a really good psychological thriller called Surveillance, which I would recommend. And then her most recent movie is something called Chained, which is a truly brutal uh, serial killer movie with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as one you know, a very sadistic, cold killer. But she's inherited um, some of her, her father's, uh, I guess, um, genius. Um, and she's, she's certainly, she's certainly one to keep an eye out for. And, um, of course, uh, Nia DaCosta, who directed, which I think is a great Candyman movie, the Candyman from last year. Um, and I used to get upset because so many people, and I don't know if it's just a sign of the times or this is the way they do it, but I saw Jordan Peele's name attached to Candyman more than I saw her name attached to it. And I would always tell people, though, oh my God. That's something that PR firms and marketing <sighs> you know, but will it, do. To sell a movie, <laughs> and, and, and um, I, same thing that the the exec I think executive producers did with Jennifer's Body that made it flounder a little more at the box office was that they, even though it's in a sense a very feminist horror film and a great narrative for young women, it was marketed towards young men, and so that's why it didn't perform well. Yeah. Um... And that's another one. That's a that's a really underrated movie. That was one that I wasn't really kind of hyped to see because uh, Megan Fox is acting is kind of a uh, it's you know it could be bad at times. Uh, but I thought she did really really good in that movie. I thought she was really she performed very well. And um, and of course Amanda Seyfried. Um, was phenomenal in that movie. That's um that's a good one. Um so what about um maybe not behind the scenes, but what are some some really powerful would you say uh, feminist a feminist horror movie um that that maybe something that people people should be checking out that they haven't yet. Um, I mean, I don't keep a short list of feminist horror films, so uh apologize, I would have prepared one okay. had I known, but um, I mean, there's a newer film that I saw at Slamdance, and I had just interviewed the filmmaker for called Honeycomb, and it's a um, young director, it's her debut film, Avalon Fast, and um, that has a very sort of feminist take, it's a little Lord of the Flies-esque um, Honeycomb. It depicts like feral girlhood. Ooh. Um, okay. And it's a in- interesting film, and it was done with no budget. And also Canada. There you go. There you go. All right. So we do have some. We 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 got some good stuff coming out of Canada. So Honeycomb 
is one we have to um we have yeah, to there were lots of new um first time female horror feature film directors um coming out of sundance so um i think it's uh, chloe akuno um had done one of my favorite alter horror shorts called slut okay and it's it's a bit of a kind of crime-ish slasher like serial killer type of vibe but um it was fantastic and uh she debuted her feature film watcher which is going to be coming out i think this month um i'll have to double check um and that's fantastic and that stars uh micah monroe who was in it follows starting it follows um and also more recently i just finally watched the guest and uh she's in that as well yes she is um, and then master that recently released because uh, it was I think, produced by Amazon Studios, and that stars just like an incredible fe- female lead cast um, with Regina Hall and um, Amber Gray and Zoe Renee. So um, that was really fantastic. And that one is directed by uh, Mariama Diallo. Excellent. Okay. Um, yeah, Maya Monroe. That's I'm pronouncing her name right. From it follows Micah. Micah. Okay. Yeah. Um, she also, um, I remember her from the guest. She, I, I think, I still think it follows is one of the best original mm-hmm. horror movies I've seen in such a long time. She was also in a movie called Greta with, um, oh yeah, Greta was great. Um, I think it kind of went under the radar a little bit. Yeah, uh, fantastic performances in that film, and it's, um, actually a good one if you're someone who's looking into films that might explore exploitation a little bit okay um yeah greta definitely flew under the radar uh chloe uh, chloe grace moretz is in it i think it's directed by adrian lynn um not that, that adrian is being a male name um someone i wanted to ask you about are you familiar at all with anna L- lily amapore i hope i'm not butchering her name Anna Lily Amapur? Yeah, okay. I had to look up um, Anna's name to be sure, but I am familiar with The Bad Batch and A Girl Walks Home Alone in the Dark. Mm. Or excuse me, Walks Home Alone at Night. Yes. Both are phenomenal movies. I actually, the, The Bad Batch was the first one that I had seen from her, and then I went back to watch, um, yeah, I'm good. The, the name of this movie, I want to get it right to give her credit. A girl walks home alone at night, um, which is I always butcher that I, when I'm saying it, just because I get tongue tied. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit or, of a long title, but it's a great film. It, it is. It, uh, it's it's one that I always get the words of the title right, but I seem to put them in the wrong order mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, I have my classic lead female characters that, of course, I love from growing up in. Please. The 80s and 90s. <laughs> Please tell us. Like, um, Rosemary's Baby is one of my favorite mm-hmm. films. Mia Farrow's performance in that is absolutely stellar. Yes. And even though it's uh, Roman Polanski directing, there's this um, just fantastic um, like panning opening shot that is a very long shot that moves into the building. And the building itself has this sort of um, 
demonic past you know if you've seen a film where a building itself has been built in a certain way to be a place of power for perhaps the occult or something like that mm-hmm. um, so that that's sort of a play there but it's it's a longer film but it's fantastic and it really explores some of the topics that i've been looking at more recently um i'm working on an essay about it right now exploring um the idea of female hysteria and and witchcraft and gaslighting that in um not not necessarily gaslighting okay but um those themes in horror cinema and how uh that particular um medical condition was attributed to uh witches in i think the 18th century that sounds right and then it sort of you kind of move on to this really fantastic sort of horror film that uh kind of showcases all of those different themes in one so um it's interesting <laughs> oh, sh- um but yeah i think uh mio farrow in that that particular film is fantastic also i i love um of course, Ellen Ripley from Alien, and then Carrie is a really interesting character. Carrie is has a quiet sort of strength, um, so I don't know. I like I like a lot of the the classic characters. I've never actually I'm one of those people that's not a huge Sydney Prescott um, fan. When we talk about Final Girls, sure. but I can see the appeal. <laughs> no, you and all that good stuff. Yeah, you just brought up. Some, I mean, Carrie is is one. Um, Brian De Palma, you know, he's got a way with his female leads. Have you if, have you seen the movie Sisters, uh, starring Margot Kidder? I believe so. I'm just racking my brain to kind of like reference it in my head, but I, it sounds Con- familiar. Conjoined sisters that were separated. Um, one yeah. of one okay. of them goes yeah he's got a yeah he's always he's got a way with um with strong female leads in his movies uh Carrie um body double um dressed to kill all have very very strong female characters then of course you brought up i mean the only person to stand up to the aliens and actually, <laughs> and actually have a go at them has been Sigourney Reaver in the Alien franchise, and she. I mean, that's the thing. She was she's just badass. Like in that mo- in those movies. I mean, it's almost like like. And what I kind of like about those movies is like it doesn't become a gender thing in those movies. Uh, it does kind well, of Alien in- specifically is almost a genderless movie in a lot of ways from the xenomorph to ellen ripley that role was written for a man and then cast as a woman but they didn't change anything about the the character no um which is why it i I, for me that is really i i consider that sort of a non-binary representative film in a lot of ways and that character specifically it does change once you get to aliens i was they add in the mother storyline but um yeah, Before and the, that, and then very an, powerful character for me. And then in Alien Three, when she's the only, the only female on this prison planet. But no, I, I, yeah, it very much is. And I know that the people that were writing, the people that actually came up with the idea of Alien, 
was about um, it actually comes from a man uh, a male's fear uh, of pregnancy and what like a man like a, because that's kind of what happens when you get you get the the face hugger on your face you're pretty you're you're kind of impregnated with this alien. Yeah, there's a lot of subversion of gender roles in that film. Yeah. As well, with the uh, alien incubation, as you talked about, and <laughs> some other things like that. There's well, and beyond that, there's also other themes um, as well in terms of consent and things like that. I only didn't see it as a child, but as an adult growing up, I'm like, wow, that's uh, yeah, that's all kinds of of wrong. I wanted to bring up a movie from the 70s called Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which um, I recommended to you. I think it's a brilliant movie about what you were just saying about female hysteria. Um, Did you get a chance to see that yet? I haven't had time to watch it, unfortunately. It's on my watch list. Maybe I can get to it this weekend now that I'm taking kind of a four-day weekend <laughs> oh good for you um but if you're if you're writing about female hysteria i mean the movie deals i'm not going to spoil anything but the movie deals with a woman who has just spent time in an institution and she's just been released and her husband takes her to this this farm in connecticut and and weird stuff happens i had never seen it before before doing the show it was recommended to me by my co-host and I watched it, and I was like, why aren't more people talking about this movie? It's, um, for someone, my, my background comes from the mental health field, so um, I'm familiar with people, with um, working with people with mental um, health issues. And, I mean, this movie, it's, you start questioning your own sanity as she's the character's questioning her sanity, because what you think is really going on is... I, I, you would never be able to call it. If you can call it, um, kudos to you. Um, but there are hints throughout, but it's a great mystery to kind of unravel what's actually going on. Um, it's a great, uh, powerful movie with two powerful female leads in it. So that's one that I would definitely recommend to you. Um, I do like seventies horror. Oh. oh, then yes, definitely check I'll that out. I'll move it up the timeline. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, what else are we missing here? I only got you for about 10 more minutes, so I want to make sure that... W- oh, what... I will say The Descent, because that has a full female cast. Yes, um, And while yes. it was directed by a man, um, I think that it does a great job of depicting female characters um, and representing all these different... Um, character types and personalities and how a group might interact with each other and different things that surface throughout this experience and then um you know survival and there are two different endings of course but um yeah it's one i still really really enjoy i completely yes um yeah all female cast and uh, yeah you feel they feel like real friends in that movie like their chemistry Mm -hmm. is just like Yes. Um, what about I? So you said that. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the Scream series, so you know, as far as Sydney Prescott goes, I could you know take her or leave her. But I mean, as, as generic and cliche as the term is, um, <laughs> what are some maybe maybe some underrated f- final girls or, or you know 
female protagonist that 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 I'm forgetting? Um, I think like Aaron from your next, I think is really great. Um, yes. you're supposed to not expect that. And it's, uh, just sort of, I mean, I guess it's been out a while. We, it's okay to spoil it. She grew up on a survivalist, um, commune or compound. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's prepared for shit to get weird. Um, and so I liked that a lot. Um, excellent and choice. I don't really I feel like I just don't hear people talk about your next very often um I think uh ready or not is good too it's it's sort of like I definitely could very easily put myself in the, sh- the shoes of Sabara Weaving's character yeah that's another good one that's uh what <laughs> the ultimate uh the wedding game that uh to end all wedding games I would say uh um, right and yeah, you're right. Your next, I think when it first came out was like all the rave and then like, yeah, nobody talks about it anymore. But talking about subverting expectations, that's um Yeah, that's It feels very relatable um to me. I just felt like it was easy to empathize with that character and also believe that um like she's not frail or fragile or anything like that, but Obviously, she's going experiencing a lot of different emotions that, uh, throughout this experience. It's sort of like very off the wall. And then um, I know you mentioned gaslighting, but I do think that Elizabeth Moss's performance in the Invisible, the the new Invisible Man, yes, um, just really made that a fantastic film. Um, I like the original, but I thought this was just great. It's probably even though it's difficult subject matter for a lot of people, it is. Um, just a fantastic film. Right. Um, yeah, There's. it's kind of similar to the way I felt when I was watching uh, Let's Scare Jessica to Death is like, this poor this poor woman, like, she has no idea what's going on. She's like a woman with, like, logic, and she's smart, and she's intelligent, and, like, nobody's believing her because the story is kind of like, you know, it's out there. Yeah, my, my, my husband's still alive, and, and he's invisible. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Y- you kind of get that going. Um I want to bring up a movie that I only saw recently, but I want to defend, and I'm wondering if you've seen it. Have you seen the movie I Know Who Killed Me? Starring Lindsay... Uh, The one that has Lindsay Lohan in it? (laughs) Yeah, I've seen it. Actually, I've seen it more than once. Okay. Uh, Because I actually saw it in the theater. Okay. And I watched it again when it was streaming for free somewhere just to be like, was it as t- rough <laughs> as it was in the theater <laughs> to and, experience? And I don't necessarily credit that to Lohan's performance so much no. as the script. No, no, no. I Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Um, because it is an interesting story. It is. And she, she portrays these two different characters very, very well. And all the things that came, kept coming up about this movie or where like how it won seven Razzies at it. And <laughs> I, if you look at the nominations that year for Razzie nominations, I mean, this, she was not the worst performance and that was definitely not the worst movie. Yes. It's a bit of a mess, but considering the material that she had to work with, I, I think she's fine in that movie. And I think that movie kind of gets some undue hate 
I think a lot I of that think more so like as a performer with a lot of things in the media, people get sort of stereotyped in a sense, um, or just like people will say your performance is bad just because um, of public opinion about you as a person. And half the things that I think are out there about celebrities are things that just like are none of our business. So. No. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, a lot of people were, well, she was in rehab at the time. So, like, well, that's why her performance in that. I was like, that's irrelevant. I mean, you're, a you're, lot, like, a lot of actors have been in rehab. I so. mean, yeah, it would be easier for, uh, for us to count the ones that haven't been. And, yeah, so that's one that I w- just wanted to quickly defend because I think that gets a, a lot of undue hate. And isn't Greg Kinnear in that film? Is he? I don't uh, think so. Is he the dad? Oh, no, dad. Neil McDonough is the dad. I just know that because I just saw it. Why was I thinking about her um, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, M- Neil McDonough. Yeah, that's right. Um, He's in a lot of different things. I think Julia Ormond is a fantastic um, actor as well. Spe- speaking of her, um, that goes back to she is in... Um, that Jennifer Lynch movie I mentioned earlier, oh, Surveillance. Okay. Which one? Uh, Surveillance. Or is okay. she in Chained? She might be in both. So I know Unchained I put on my watch list. Okay. Um, and so I'm hoping to get to that at some point. And that one's more of a psychological thriller, you said, which I do really like um, psychological thrillers. So. Um, and then, of course, uh, uh, someone that just came to mind to me as far as a strong... Um, female protagonist uh, gotta give credit Jodie Foster thank you yes Jody I didn't Foster. know if you were looking for Clarice Starling or Jodie Foster so no the ca- well the <laughs> character weird. the weird. character of Clarice Starling as played by um, uh, Jodie Foster and then later mm-hmm. portrayed by uh, I don't know who played the character in the television series. Okay. I think it was portrayed by Julianne Moore in Red Dragon. One of the yes, it was in Red Dragon. I, I, I do like Julianne Moore quite a bit, and I think she has some great um, roles within horror, but that particular one I didn't love for her. No, I, I think Jodie Foster gave the much stronger performance um, as far as those movies go, but I mean. I do want to get. Shout out to Naomi Harris, though, because I absolutely love 28 Days Later. Um, and if we're talking about going back to I kind of final girl characters, like um, she gives a really strong performance in that film. Yeah. Um, 28 Days Later. Yeah. Yeah. She pretty much she's the one that at the I mean, end. She has in a lot of stuff. She has like a fantastic uh, filmography. If anyone wants to go <laughs> so look it up, at some Naomi point Harris. Yes, uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, and I think I'm trying to think who was in Twenty Eight Weeks Later. I want to say it was Rachel Wise. That was Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots, who yeah. was um, I loved in Green Room. Have you seen Green Room? Uh, Green Room is one that's on my list that I haven't seen uh, yet. Okay. Uh, she's great in that there movie. There was a great little candid photo posted today on Twitter um, of the cast all together. So another one to move up my list. <laughs> <laughs> if only I had all the time to watch 
horror movies. Oh, I, I know. Do, I will say I thought that um, even though I think the script was a little weak, um, I just watched Uma in theaters and I thought Sandra O's oh performance was really great. Okay, so that's another one. I think she she was. Um, I'm not. I haven't seen much of her work. I know I've seen her in that movie Sideways. I also liked her in the movie Hard Candy, which. Um, oh yeah. Now the neighbor. Um, which which is which lends to our conversation because I'm going. I I I'm gonna say now is Elliot. Elliot. Elliot Page. Yes, Elliot Page. Fantastic actor. And yeah, Hard Candy. Oh, that's a movie. Very intense. And I think that Elliot was kind of young when that film came out. Not too far off of the character's age. No. If I'm remembering correctly. Which makes uh, it all the more. I mean, that's it's a troubling movie and it certainly has some very troubling... I will say, even though this script wasn't very strong for uh, Flatliners, that Elliot's performance in Flatliners was pretty good, too. Yes. Um, I didn't actually mind. That's another remake. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, talk about, yeah, it was kind of the token. The to- Well, there was, I think in the original Flatliners, Julia Roberts was the only female in that little group that they had. I I'm, think so, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, um, anything else? Underrated, underrated performances in horror. In horror underrated by, performances. Um, that's how we'll, we'll we'll wrap up our time here. Underrated performances <laughs> or underrated movies with strong female performances that everyone should be checking out. I think, uh, oh, that's tough. I mean... I feel like everyone knows that Midsommar is really good and Florence Pugh is really good, but she gives a stellar performance in a film that is a Netflix original that I feel like it's another under the radar film. It's called Malevolent. Okay. Um, It is a horror film and I absolutely loved it. Uh, One of my favorites. If you like, you know, haunted house, ghost story, different types of themes. uh, It's really, really good. Um, she gives a stellar performance, and it's way before Midsommar. Okay, because she's so. pheno- yeah, she's phenomenal in that. Um, Why we're mentioning that? I just want to quickly, I'll, and I'll let you go on with your list. Anya Taylor Joy, I would like to say, oh yeah, um, phenomenal in The Witch, and I just watched the other day, last night in Soho. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. F- brilliant yeah. actress. Um, the only thing that I've seen her in that I did not like and that had nothing to do with her was just the movie was that New Mutants movie, which was just unnecessary. Interest, well, not unnecessary. <laughs> Very interesting concept that I liked that completely dropped the ball. Um, but she's another one. If Florence Pugh and Anya Taylor-Joy um, and Micah, Ma- Maika? I'm gonna, Ma- Micah Ma- Micah Mon- Monroe. Um, mm-hmm. Three up-and-coming... Absolutely brilliant actresses, and I, 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 I like that we have the strong uh, female, uh, you know, characters, uh, character actors, well, well, leading actresses that will uh, hopefully carry on um, to, I, to continue. I do also think. Um, sorry to to jump in. I oh, no. I want to mention Lily Taylor because 
while the conjuring the original i think was fantastic lily taylor has a really great body of work and there's actually like a almost like film noir vampire the addiction that um yeah that lily taylor's in brilliant the addiction from the 90s yeah the addiction yes um and it that's a great allegory with vampirism and uh heroin yeah and and, yeah so uh that was great and i mean there's a lot of great stuff that lily taylor's in including even i think while she was on the series her performance in hemlock grove which you can watch on netflix um that's a i think netflix original so but yeah i gotta give shouts to lily taylor because i love pretty much almost Almost anything that uh, she's in. I have not seen her in the Leatherface origin story film, though. Oh, I have. Yeah. I mean, she's the only reason to kind of work to, to watch that movie. Uh, but no, she's great. I remember watching The Addiction for the first time. If you want an interesting take on vampires, that's another one. And of course, like we started the show off with. Uh, Near Dark, directed by Catherine Bigelow, which is just such an underrated um, horror classic. So uh, I, I know we're we're against the clock here. So um, final <laughs> final thoughts on our little ragtag conversation here about um, women and non-binary people um, in in the horror world. Well, I think there's a lot of people to talk about, um, and then also if you're getting into the queer horror space, like. Look, if you look at Tragedy Girls, for example, um, both of the lead actresses have come out as queer from that film, which I think is fantastic. So you can, and it does, it is, it does feel a bit like a queer film, even though the characters in the film, um, I think, are perpetrating being straight. But there is a friendship between them that is uh, very interesting. Uh, aside from the fact that they kill people <laughs> um, for, for for notoriety and fame. So um, I think that is one that's really good. And there's another queer horror story. I think it's, um, I always get the name wrong because it's a bit long. Ugh. I don't remember how I can't I can't think of the name, but there's um, a queer couple that goes on a cabin getaway in the woods and the cabin at the end of the woods. No, that's not what it's called. It's not. (laughs) No. I thought it was called that because I know with the adopted daughter. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Please go on. Um, I think it might be on Shutter now. Let me try to look it up because for uh, the best. Okay, because I'm thinking of the cabin at the end of the world, which is yeah, a, it doesn't say anything. There's nothing oh. about cabins in the name. But this is another. It's an interesting one because we 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 have a, a gay couple, Andrew and Eric, and their adopted daughter. Uh, so just a shout out. That's a, I I happen to like the book. I thought it was really 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 good. Um, but uh, Nola, please what. Uh, the shutter thing that I keep interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to find it. Cause I know it's in my list somewhere. It's one that I watched, um, kind of randomly. And unfortunately my list is bananas. Cause I have a million things to watch. So let's see if it happens to pop up. It might not. Oh, actually. Yeah. I don't think I ventured it into letterbox yet. I was probably waiting until watching it again. Um, but 
Is this how I normally look it up? <laughs> this is how I normally look it up by Google. Queer couple in woods movie Netflix. <laughs> and it's got, that's how I always find it because I can never remember the name. Uh, even though it is a fantastic film, it's called What Keeps You Alive. What Keeps You Alive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm going to have to catch up. Um, yeah, maybe at some point you could come back on and um, my, my co-host, my co-host is gay. Um and I have an openly gay brother, and uh, queer horror is always an interesting um, conversation. Um, it's a lot of great queer horror that's been coming out, along with female-directed films in yeah. the last little while here. So, um, I guess my first introduction to queer horror, I'm just looking it up now, um, a lot of the uh, the undertones went over my head, but A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, uh, which has been, which was written... By uh, the screenwriter later came out as gay, and the uh, the lead actor came out as gay. A um, lot of uh, homoerotic undertones within that movie. That was kind of my, uh, I guess that would be my first introduction to that. Uh, yeah. um, lots of good stuff out there. Um, so many movies that you've given us uh, to to think about. So many recommendations. Um, I know we're up against the clock, but I just want uh, you to uh, um, go ahead and tell us where we can find you on uh, social media. Uh, as far as social media, I mean, I'm probably most active on Twitter most of the time, just because there's a lot of horror community stuff going on there. Um, in that space, you can find me at Anola Lagosi, but otherwise I have my own podcast and um, you can find that at Slay Away with us pretty much everywhere. Excellent. And I'm going to, to include links to all of that in the episode description. Thank you so much for joining me. This was a bit kind of slapdash. We weren't really sure what we were <laughs> going to talk about. We hope that uh, we, we give you, at the very least, some interesting movies to check out and to explore and to, to keep in mind that... Um, you know, there's there's great movies coming out there, and that we live in a world now where a lot more people are getting just just getting the chance to 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 tell their tale, to speak their voice, and to put out some wonderful wonderful movies. So, um, yeah. Any any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um. Oh, what's what's the thing? Uh, I listen to a podcast, and I think they like to say the future of film is female <laughs> and they like to say it as the future of uh fear is female so oh uh, I, I like that i like that too so we're not i'm not gonna we're i'm gonna let you one more time speak those words and this will be the end of the show the um okay <laughs> here we go i think that it's uh the the future of fear is female Yeah, I'm going to go to the house. 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 I'm going to